Handley with A3 says that some of his colleagues have moved out of Taiwan, but others have stayed to be witnesses for Christ in the event that China takes over. Pray that A3's upcoming training course will renew Christian leaders in Taiwan. And turmoil in the Middle East North Africa region is constantly filling the headlines. Think of how often you hear about situations in Israel, Iran, or Lebanon, for example. Yet hope remains. Jennifer Murph with MENA Leadership Center says God is at work. MLC courses identify struggles for Christian leaders and leverage them as gospel opportunities. Visit us online to partner with MLC and help believers transform their communities for Jesus. Pray that a new MLC initiative equipping Christian women leaders will be successful. Mission Network News is a service of One Way Ministries. I'm Ruth Kramer. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkston, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. You know, you see a huge group of people and maybe they're in line to do something and they seem happy about it. You have to wonder, okay, what am I missing? What's going on here? What are these people excited about? Well, in this case, it's thousands of people and they're joining MediShare. Why? Well, MediShare is a much more affordable alternative to health insurance. It's reliable too. It's a well-run community of Christians. They've been sharing each other's medical expenses for more than 30 years. So it's proven. And if you switch, you'll likely save hundreds of dollars a month. Most members wind up paying about half what they used to. And you know what? They find they like it better. MediShare's member satisfaction rate is 98%. That's way better than health insurance, as you might imagine. You don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. You get telehealth 24-7. Huge freedom in choosing your doctors. At least check into it. This may be one of those things where you're like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why not start saving now? Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Tuesday, February the, is it 13th or 14th? Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, 13th, tomorrow. Tomorrow is is Valentine's Day. I thought I blew it there for a minute. (laughs) I'm David Gray, along with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, and we are glad that you're with us. Brad is out for the beginning of this week. We've got uh, kind of a, a bullpen of SWAT guys here with you, Doug, this week. Craig was here yesterday, I know. I'm in today. And who do you have tomorrow? Is it Brian? Uh, Brian Andrew. Brian Andrew will be exactly here tomorrow. Right. So, uh, But always glad to be here. You and I haven't been here together for a little bit, so good to be with you. Yes, it, it is good to have you. Always good to have you, especially – it, I think it would have been better tomorrow, yesterday just because it was right after Super Bowl because I know you are a big sports guy, yeah. even though this isn't sports radio, right? Well, what was, you know, we talked, we were talking about this on Sunday night. We had the opportunity with some friends, right, of ours to yeah. go to uh, see The Chosen in the theater. And uh, so I recorded the Super Bowl. Oh, I thought you were going to say I recorded the chosen because uh, you pulled a crane that that Kramer. <laughs> that, remember the the yeah. Seinfeld where the guy goes yeah. in and records. Yeah, the movie? where where crane. Well, yeah, yeah, the the uh, the um, bootlegger. Yeah, that's right. But no, I recorded it at home and uh, went home and watched it. And it's amazing how quickly you can watch a football game when you can fast forward mm-hmm. through huddles, timeouts, commercials. Although I did stop and watch. A lot of the commercials because it was the Super Bowl and 
uh, you and I were talking before we came on. I'm obviously biased to this one, but the the Dunkin' Donuts Boston slant. Well, you like commercial. Boston, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well, when he comes in and he's and he's and he yells at Jennifer Lopez something about the Bronx. Well, and you he know, says it's the Boston Massacre. And, but but see, if you just if you just tuned into this one this year, you missed it because last year, if I remember correctly, yeah. and you can correct me. Ben Affleck was playing a guy who was actually working in a Dunkin' Donuts because he'd kind of been having some issues. Correct. Right? And Correct. so he's working in a Dunkin' and J-Lo pulls through the drive there yeah. and goes, what, Ben? Is yeah. that you? And she says, is this where you go when you tell me you're going to work every day? <laughs> yeah. And it's in Medford, Massachusetts, which is the heart of Boston suburbs and the New England accent and all of that. And actually, I went back and watched from last year the commercial obviously was only 30 seconds or a minute when he's working at the Dunkin Donuts, but they have a longer version of it. It's about a three or four minute where he's talking to all these people at the drive through. And at one point he says, we're out of coffee. We're out of donuts. And he starts listing everything they have, but he says at Dunkin Donuts that they're out of coffee and they're out of donuts. And the guy says, well, what do you have? And he says, we have water. (laughs) And then they pull up and, so anyway, it was cute, but uh, I, I especially like that one because of the uh, Boston connection and Tom Brady and it. And like I said to you, I thought it was hilarious, just the subtle part of it that Matt Damon was so embarrassed to be there in the with them playing the Dunkings in front of Jennifer Lopez, but yeah. Tom Brady was into it. I yeah, thought that was Tom hilarious. Tom Brady was really yeah, very it. funny. Well, uh, well, if you are just joining SWAT radio for the first time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And every Monday through Wednesday, we work through a text. This week, we're in Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 21. Thursday is guest day. And this week, we are blessed to have Phil Johnson from Grace to You Um uh, on and uh, the shepherds conference is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks uh dave have you ever been out there you know what that is no i don't pastors from all over the world like thousands of pastors come and um grace to you and the shepherds conference and uh, grace community church where john MacArthur is a senior pastor they uh, put this conference on for pastors to encourage them to continue preaching the truth, they give away thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of uh, commentaries and and books to help pastors prepare uh, things on preaching and on expo- exposition and stuff. It is a really great conference. They do it every year. And, um, you know, Johnny Mack is, I think he just celebrated 55 mm. years. And didn't Phil Johnson, wasn't he our speaker at the yeah, SWAT he, retreat he was, he a couple was. of years yeah, ago? Yeah. SWAT training day. Yeah, the SWAT said. training day, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was, and he's the executive director of Grace to You, mm. which is the radio ministry of John MacArthur. So, uh, and Phil is an elder at that church, and uh, he is a good brother and i'm looking forward to having him on uh we're going to be talking about the um the controversy with alistair begg the controversy with the he gets us campaign Mm -hmm. uh, the controversy uh, and by the way i think i might have mentioned yesterday if i'm not mistaken 
that uh, I thought the Green family might be Catholic. They're not. They are uh, they, at least uh, one of the Greens, the one who's behind a lot of the Hobby Lobby stuff, is uh, goes to a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're from a Pentecostal background, okay. I found out, and doing some research on that. So my apologies. I, I, I muffed that one. <laughs> um, and so, but... Uh, hey, also wanted to let our listeners know in the Jacksonville, North Florida area that on uh, Saturday, the 24th of February is an Iron Sharpens Iron event here in Jacksonville at Mandarin Presbyterian Church on the West Campus. And if you use a SWAT discount code, SWAT, you'll get a discount. Uh, they have a student price of $25. The adult regular price is 39. Um, but if you give them the SWAT discount, you'll get a SWAT discount. And, um, Brian Doyle, who is the one that started that with Bob Grauman, uh, up in Connecticut, I think been doing it for a long time. And so, uh, they have Ken Bevel coming in who I think, is an actor. I think he's played in some of those faith-based movies, mm. like The Giant. You know, the, the yeah, those, facing your giants, yeah, the, those yeah, kind of things. Facing the giants. A guy named Phil Hopper will be here speaking from uh, Missouri. Larry Leak from Massachusetts, from Springfield, and then Thomas McMillan from Connecticut, and Rex Tigner uh, from Virginia. So they got guys from quite a few places coming in to do seminars. The way these Iron Sharpens Iron events work is they have a morning uh, keynote speaker, and then you break out for seminars. Uh, afternoon keynote speaker, and you break out for seminars. And here's some of the seminars. Anger, one letter from danger, which I thought was great. Mm. Building Christ-centered brotherhood, uh, essentials to building a ministry to men, uh, forgive now why you still can being a godly husband the art of marriage grandfathers and a and, and a your powerful legacy guardrails how to protect yourself from yourself um, keeping the honey after the honeymoon uh, outdoors ministries for boys patriarch Ooh, that's a bad word in our culture leading and loving your family tribe reaching men outside your circle uh, the freedom to flee your giants ain't jack and reaching men outside your circle. Uh, so uh, that is uh, February 24th, and it's here in Jacksonville at Mandarin Press. For more information, you can go to ironsharpensiron.net. That's ironsharpensiron.net. Um, we went to those before, David. I've, I've yeah. spoken at them. Yeah. I've, I've been to them in different parts of the country and they always are a good event. Yeah, uh, I, I've been to uh, three or four over at Mandarin Presbyterian, and I remember specifically going to that breakout seminar on your legacy or building your legacy as a grandfather because mm-hmm. I went shortly after my grandson was born to one of them, and all those breakout sessions are really good, and yeah. uh, the speakers are always good. Yeah, And it's just good to be together. I, I know. remember a few years ago they, they do an informal kind of – prize for which which group has the most guys there and i i know swat had like 70 something guys there a few years ago and we, we took up half the uh half the pews well uh, yeah we we i think we won the trophy that year that's maybe. right that's um right. well 
you know, a lot going on in the news. The first segment, we usually talk about culture stuff, what's happening. And I guess one of the biggest things going on in our culture right now, it's out that um, the president is too old to run again. People are saying Trump's too old to be president again. Um, here's what's interesting. The median age in America right now, you know what it is? The median age, which means if you take everybody and just kind of go right down the middle, mm -hmm. almost 39 years old. Well, I was going to say low 40s, but yeah. yeah, I know that's probably gone up. But you know what the median age is in the House? This is the median age, not mm -hmm. the not the not the it's it's the median age in the house is 58 mm. and the senate is 64 yeah you got wow. guys like uh chuck schumer 72 mm -hmm. uh, who's the majority leader in the senate mitch mcconnell is 81 looks like he's 101 yeah i mean um yep and then uh grassley is 90 yeah and, and and he's still there, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you got Nancy Pelosi over in the House. She's 83 running for re-election. Right. Well, you had somebody like Dianne Feinstein who died not too long ago who really was in the Senate almost up until her death, and, and that was part of the big controversy was who was really making her decisions. Well, yeah. Well, did you know Maxine Waters is 85? Mm, right. I mean, like, so when you think about that place where those are the leaders i mean it, it's it's really interesting because they they i mean when you when you get that old you you start to uh i don't know even ministry leaders i've seen kind of start to their mind isn't as sharp mm -hmm. it's not right it's, it's just a not, fact that's yeah. right it's and, not a it's not being judgmental against people who are older there's still plenty of people that have a lot of wisdom in the, in their older years but you're right and look at i'm in my i'm 61 do i notice that i'm more forgetful about everyday things than i used to be absolutely absolutely yeah. it's just a fact of life well one writer wrote that many of these leaders that i just spoke of uh they've they've done this for so long their whole identity mm. is tied to that job. Yeah. And, and, that's why and let's face it, there's an awful lot of power and perks and mm. things that, that go with that job, that mm. go with that role. Yeah. Why, why are people hanging on to these jobs into their 80s and 90s? Yeah. Seriously. I mean, think about anybody in any everyday profession, right? Okay. People, most people look forward to and do retire. It doesn't mean you stop being active in your life especially in serving in the kingdom, right? But most people look forward to retiring from their job in their mid-60s. Yeah. Why are people hanging on to these jobs? It's identity. Yeah. And, and you know, we as believers should find our identity um, not in what we do, but who we are mm. in him. Uh, we're his children. We've been saved by grace through faith. And it God chose to bestow on us value and identity as his kids and so imagine if we really lived like that was our identity mm. but it is hard if you were really honest it's hard a lot of times we get sucked into the trap of my identities tied up in how good of a job i do how long i do that job yeah. 
And if I'm not doing it, and you see it a lot with pro athletes sure. and people even in the military or law enforcement, they've done it for so long. Yeah. So yep. anyway, um, you what? know, um, good to have you on, Dave. Yeah. I'm going to let you take here. it. You got it. <laughs> well, we're going to take our first break here on SWAT Radio before we get back into the Gospel of Mark. Our number is 844-777-7928 if you want to call us with a comment or a question. And we'll be right back on the other side of the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 91 FM, the truth. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, glad that you are with us. And we are um, live here in Jacksonville on uh, Tuesday, February 14th, the 13th. We say that because occasionally we have the best of SWAT replays that are run, but we're live. I, I keep wondering, I keep asking you, how come none of the best of SWAT have been programs that I've been on? That's what I want to Well, uh, it's usually listener <laughs> voted on. No, I'm listener voted <laughs> I'm on. Just like, like the all-star yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. You all, You have the uh, interviews on. Well, as, actually, as I, I, I try to do interviews because those are fascinating yeah. to have those um, on and have people hear different perspectives. No. And uh, so. that, that, that was completely a comeback from break sarcasm on my part. <laughs> That's all that was. So well, anyway. We are in Mark chapter three, and you know we we did a little bit of a review yesterday, and so I won't go too much into it. But uh, it, it, on the air last week, we saw that the Pharisees continue to doubt that Jesus is Messiah, and so what they start doing because they realize every time they try to go after him, it doesn't work out too well. He's just way ahead of them. Mm. And uh, so they start going after his followers last week as they're walking through a grain field, right? And uh, they're questioning Jesus' loyalty to their highest spiritual priority, which was the Sabbath. And um, the Sabbath was one way that they displayed how zealous they were, how committed to the law they were. And remember, a lot of the laws for the Sabbath, in fact, there were 24 chapters 
of laws in the Talmud, which was the written down account of the Mishnah, which was oral tradition. And these were just fences around God's law. And what was going on is the Pharisees took the scriptures out of the hands of the people and put it in the hands of the religious professionals. And after Jesus healed this guy in the temple, or not the temple, I'm sorry, in the synagogue on a Sabbath, they had had enough. And so they start colluding with the Herodians, who were a political group, and um, they, uh, they wanted to destroy Jesus. Because his popularity was rising, their power was diminishing. Mm. And so this week, we see uh, people starting to come to Jesus because they hear about the miracles, and we see that his works confirm his deity as Messiah. We also see how his word controls his revelation. And a lot of times we don't like acknowledging that, but it's true. He determines who hears. He determines when they hear and how they hear because it's his revelation. And third, we saw that his will chooses his disciples. Um, Who he wants, that's who he chooses. You don't get to attain to be a disciple. He chooses you. He chose Mm -hmm. them. And then finally, we see a Messiah whose ways confound his family. Uh, they were uh, the family went in to seize him. That word means to arrest, basically, to get him out of there because they said he's out of his mind. So we're going to look at that. Yesterday we worked through how his works confirm his deity, and the fact that all these people were coming to him: uh, the leper, the paralytic, all the healings, all of these different works authenticated his deity and that really is the question that they struggled with the pharisees did not believe he was god Mm. they believed that messiah was going to be a representative of god but they had no idea that god was coming down in the flesh to walk the earth Mm. and so that they didn't know how to compute that you ever have something where you just don't even know where to put that? Like, yeah. what box do you put that yeah. in? They didn't understand it, and they were trying to grasp it on a human level, and you can't. Right. And so uh, what happened is when he was on the scene in uh, verses 11 and 12, demons who were always present in people, but they exposed themselves out of fear when Jesus was around. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I noticed, David, is in Scripture, demons could never lie to Jesus. They always told the truth. They could lie to you and me. They could deceive you and me. But they always told the truth with Jesus. And so we're going to see how his word controlled his revelation. And then we're going to see today, we'll get into, at least start, how his will chooses his disciples and these are two pretty big issues about messiah how his word controlled his revelation and his will chooses his disciples it's almost they're tied in a little bit and so why don't you read um verses 11 to 19 uh over in uh chapter 3 of mark mark 3 sure. 11 to 19 yep mark 3 11 to 19 
And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These are the very words of God. May God bless the reading of his word. So you you read in verse 11, their response when the unclean spirits, these are demonic spirits inside of people, caused the people to fall down physically. And they cried out in the voice of the people, you are the son of God. Mm. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. So far in the book of, I'm sorry, the book of Mark, in chapter one, we see Mark start with the first verse saying the beginning of the gospel, the euangelion of Jesus Christ, the son of God. So Mark recognizes his deity, right? Over in uh, chapter one, verse two and three, we see uh, Isaiah prophesying about Messiah. And um, he's prophesying specifically about John who will prepare the way And John the Baptist comes on the scene, and what does he do? He says, this is the Lamb of God. This is God's sacrifice. And and so John the Baptist, he testifies. He's the greatest Old Testament prophet there was because Jesus said there was nobody greater. And then God himself testifies in verse 10 and 11 when he says, you are my beloved son, with you I'm well pleased after the baptism. Then you see demons again in chapter 1 saying, you are the Son of God. Um, And then in chapter 2, Jesus makes the statement, you know, uh, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. The Mm. Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, which he was claiming, which is making a statement of deity. Every time he uses the phrase Son of Man. Right. Yes. We take that for granted a little bit because he uses it so often and it's his favorite self designation. But that is from Daniel chapter seven and is right it is directly Daniel's vision and prophecy of the Messiah. Yeah, and, and so it is uh, Daniel seven, thirteen and fourteen where it, the Son of Man is Messiah and Messiah is the Son of God. The the demons here in verse 11 of chapter 3, uh, they utter the real identity of Jesus. But you know who hasn't said it yet? Yeah, the Pharisees. The Pharisees, even his followers haven't said mm, it. That, that's fact, a good point. Yeah. his followers won't say it until Mark chapter 8. Yeah. When they have Peter goes, you are the Christ, the Son of God, right? Yeah. So the demons shout this out and... They 
they are trying. We, we really don't know their motivation. Some people speculate that it was just a visceral response because he was in their presence. Some say that they were trying to gain some control over him by them saying it, you know, instead of him stating it. Um, but what does Jesus do? He gave them strict orders. He strictly mm. ordered them. I mean, that that's like he took authority and said yeah. not to make him known. Yeah. And, and it, there's a, a strong um, uh, verb there, epitomio, okay? Epitomio is also used when he rebuked the wind. Remember when he mm-hmm. rebuked the wind yep. over in Mark 4.39? Be silent, I mean, be yeah. still, right? Yeah. So this, this is a spiritual battle here mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And who's in control? Remember, we, we're looking at a Messiah who's in control. And, and so... Um, the command for him not to tell you go, well, why wouldn't you want people to know? Right. I mean, like these, all these people, thousands of people have gathered around Mm -hmm. and now why wouldn't you want him to know? Well, as part of the messianic secret, if you remember back in, um, one chapter one, when he was healing everybody and it says he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. This is something that you're going to see all the way up through chapter Mm 8. And it's the messianic secret there uh, because he didn't want um, this information getting out because, you know, we did go see the chosen. And one thing they do portray is the incendiary nature of what was going on in the region, right? Mm -hmm. The last thing Jesus wanted was to be a political military leader. Right. That was not his intent when he came. He's made that clear, right? He he came, and the, the, the Jewish people were looking for the wrong kind of Messiah. That's exactly who they were looking for, including the disciples, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so when we come back, we're, we're going to look at one other aspect of this, and I'm going to have you read a verse over in Matthew. But just keep this in mind before we go to break. God is not entrusting his message to demons. Mm. He entrusts it to Christ and his messengers. The messianic secret is to be revealed by those Jesus reveals. Mm. The one his word determines. And we'll we'll look at that when we come back. Yeah, we're gonna take a break at the bottom of the hour for the news. Our number is 844-777-7928 if you want to call us with a comment or a question. And we'll be right back after the news on SWAT Radio. I'm John Scott. The Senate approving a $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Correspondent Bob Agnew reports. The vote was 70 to 29 as 22 Republicans sided with nearly all Democrats in passing the bill. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who worked closely with Republican Mitch McConnell on the bill, said that it, quote, declares that American leadership will not waver, will not falter, and will not fail. Passage came after months of growing political divisions in the Republican Party over the role of the U.S. abroad. Bob Agner reporting. Family and friends are gathering in Georgia this week as funerals for three Army Reserve 
soldiers killed in a recent drone attack in Jordan. The three soldiers received posthumous promotions after they were killed in that January 28th drone attack on a U.S. base near Jordan's border with Syria. Also at srnews.com, winter storm with 60-mile-per-hour winds and snow raking parts of the Northeast, more than 1,200 flights, have already been canceled today with more on the way. Vice President Kamala Harris says she's ready for the Oval Office if needed. White House correspondent Greg Clugston with that report. Amid renewed concerns about President Biden's age, the vice president said recently she's ready to serve. She told the Wall Street Journal last week that there's no question about her capacity to lead. Her interview took place a few days before a special counsel report called the 81-year-old Biden an elderly man with a poor memory. The president and his team have pushed back against that description, calling it inaccurate and gratuitous. Greg Clugston. The White House. And stocks remain sharply lower. All three major indexes now are down well over 1%. This is SRN News. You know, you see a huge group of people and maybe they're in line to do something and they seem happy about it. You have to wonder, okay, what am I missing? What's going on here? What are these people excited about? Well, in this case, it's thousands of people and they're joining MediShare. Why? Well, MediShare is a much more affordable alternative to health insurance. It's reliable, too. It's a well-run community of Christians. They've been sharing each other's medical expenses for more than 30 years, so it's proven. And if you switch, you'll likely save hundreds of dollars a month. Most members wind up paying about half what they used to. And you know what? They find they like it better. MediShare's member satisfaction rate is 98%. That's way better than health insurance, as you might imagine. You don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. You get telehealth 24-7. Huge freedom in choosing your doctors. At least check into it. This may be one of those things where you're like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why not start saving now? Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. No active accidents, but there is planned construction to be aware of on Atlantic Boulevard westbound at Linden Avenue, blocking the left lane there. Also, there's planned construction on the MLK 20th Street Expressway at Liberty Street, blocking the right lane there. Mostly clear tonight, low 42, Wednesday sunny, high 65. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, glad that you are with us. And we are looking at Matt, uh, Mark, excuse me, Chapter 3. Overall, the text this week is Mark 3, 7 through 21. And we were focusing just now on Mark uh, 3, 11 through 19. And, Doug, I know you mentioned that you wanted me to take a look at the, a passage in Matthew. Yeah, actually, uh, go to Matthew 11, verse 27. Okay. And, and here's the, the we, we talked about yesterday how God's works confirm his deity as Messiah, and today how his word controls his revelation. In other words, 
Jesus, when the when the the demons begin to cry out, "You are the Son of God," he strictly ordered them not to make him known. Why? Because he doesn't entrust his message to demons right. or false teachers. Now, does that mean they can't make a proclamation? No. Yeah. You can have false teachers. Let's just stop for a second. What's the danger, David, in a false teacher talking about Jesus? Well, then people, because there may be an element of truth in what the false teacher says, and then people might look at that false teacher and believe everything he says. There's always an element of truth. absolutely. And so there are a lot of false teachers out there today uh, who promise people things that Jesus never intended for people to to associate with his salvation salvation well when the bible talks about satan being crafty and clever this is part of it right satan knows better than to just put a blatant um well i shouldn't say blatant but uh but a lie that's so obvious an untruth that's so obvious that people would look at that and go oh that's ridiculous that's not true yeah. so what he does is in, in you know from everything i've read in scripture and experienced and he, he takes things, all of his lies have, to your point, have an element of truth. And he twists them and he perverts the truth in, in a way that's harder to detect. Because yeah. some of it sounds good. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were talking on Friday, I think. Remember the, uh, the Latter-day Saints commercials from the 70s? Yeah. Of the families, the wholesome families, the values that they promoted which which we would agree with yes, right as christians yes. we would agree with those values yes and the way that they promoted and and i'm not you know there's many examples that you could use yeah but that's the danger in that something that has an element of the truth and looks good on the surface mm-hmm. and how many times have we said it this is why we need to know the scriptures so that we can discern where the falsehood is yeah and if you don't uh, then when these people come in with this Jesus sounding message, mm-hmm. this is a little bit of the struggle that some people are having with the he gets us campaign mm-hmm. because there are elements that certainly are truthful that right. uh, about what Jesus did. And again, just like with Alistair Beck, I don't think their intent was evil i think their intent is to show compassion right Mm -hmm. but what can be construed for some from some of those things is um well uh you know love is over truth and that's not true Mm -hmm. that jesus would not affirm love over truth love is truth right and so Yes, we should be loving, but you can't be loving if you're not truthful. Right. You, you you can't be full of love for somebody if you affirm a delusion, a lie, something that goes directly against God's will, yeah. directly against his word. Yeah. There's a, I, I, I'm not going to quote it exactly. I'll look it up later. But there's a proverb that talks about the, the harsh words of a friend being better than the kisses of an enemy. Right. Yeah. And that's what that's getting at. Is someone is much better off to hear truth than to hear something that sounds better to our itching ears, as the Bible puts it, right? Uh-huh. Um, but but is not true. And and that and, and I haven't dug in deeply to that 
campaign, and I was saying this to you, the, to the He Gets Us campaign, I was saying this to you before the program, um, my initial reaction to that is when they show people, they clearly show people from all walks of life in that in those commercials. Yeah. And I think somewhere in there, the implication is not only are they showing all races and nationalities and creeds, that's one thing, but they seem to kind of sprinkle in other false people of other false religions that that's the implication that i get well there was that and other lifestyles and things and that's where i was saying to you that the implication is what you just said that that love covers sin and love covers untruth and every everybody's going to be okay because of Jesus, no matter what they believe well, or yeah, do. Yeah, and so in that sense, is it loving to tell a Muslim, you know what, we all worship the same God? Right, right. That, that's not loving. Correct. Because we don't. We, we should love the individual and, not, and treat them with love and respect, but to say and affirm when something is clearly untrue according to the Bible that it is true, then that's not loving. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of times when, when you hear the phrase you know we need to be loving when we tell people the truth is that we shouldn't offend them well if people are offended by the truth we share Mm -hmm. and we don't share that truth because they're offended that's not loving correct correct i I hope that what most people mean by being loving is and what i hope i mean is the manner in which we share should be loving right we should not berate people we should not want to be right rather than be loving and kind the manner in which we approach people and deal with people should be loving but if they are offended at the words we speak which hopefully are our truth right from scripture mm-hmm. then you're right that is not on us mm-hmm. god will have to deal with that that's why jesus that's why the bible refers to jesus as a stumbling block yeah and a great offense because people don't like the idea that he is exclusive. Well, yeah, and apart from Jesus, uh, people are dead in their sin, right? And they're basically headed for eternal damnation away mm-hmm. from God, right? And so, the most loving thing we could do for anybody, first of all, is pray for them. But we pray for them as people who have benefited from that same forgiveness that he offers to them, right. not as somebody who's got it all figured out. Absolutely. I, I get that. And and they are right in that, that a lot of times the way we come across is like, well, you're bad and I'm not. No, we're all bad. Yeah. We're all guilty, right? Yeah. Yeah. But here's what I want to bring out about this scripture we're looking at now and uh, where he ordered the demons not to make him known. Only Christ and his messengers and in his timing. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Go to the Jew first. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just took that at face value, pull that out of context, that seems very mean to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. right? If you're like, why, why aren't we important? Right. Isn't that our normal reaction, right? Sure. But I want you to read Matthew eleven twenty seven. This is a key verse for us understanding that uh, Jesus is, is a Messiah whose word, his word, controls his revelation. So this is very important for us as we think about 
the gospel as it goes out. So listen to yeah, this. Yeah, Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. Okay, right there. Just that phrase. He's in charge of, of the revelation. He just said, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. And that's, that's the context. Go ahead. Yep. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So that is so important. Nobody knows the Father except those whom the Son chooses to reveal. Mm. And if you go to Romans 10 real quick, Romans 10, 17. Romans 10 is a chapter. It says faith comes by hearing, right? That's the passage I gave you to read. And hearing what? Through the word of Christ. The word of Jesus. So his word determines who hears, correct? It would appear from what he read, what you read in Matthew and what you're reading in Romans, that Jesus determines who hears and how it's presented or presenting it to them. And and so I don't know why we struggle with that mm. so much, but there is a lot of struggles and a lot of people capitulate to one side. They call themselves um, Calvinist or they're termed Calvinist. Uh, others go to another part of the pendulum there, swing, uh, call themselves Arminian. But make no mistake, it is clearly stated in Scripture that nobody knows the Father except those whom Jesus chooses to reveal mm-hmm. him to. Yep. And, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. So his word controls his revelation. And so um, we're going to go to a break, right, Dave? And then uh, when we come back, if people want to call in about that or you want to visit about that, we're happy to, we can talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And if you do want to call again, our number is 844-777-7928. And we'd be happy to take your call. We always appreciate calls and appreciate you listening. We'll be right back after this last break to wrap up today's broadcast on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjax.com. 
That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group, happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the radio in St. Simons Island at 91.3. sky traced out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touch down in the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos all those people welcome back to SWAT radio everyone David Gray sitting in today for Brad Sykes along with Doug McCary and we are looking at Mark chapter 3 Uh, Today, specifically, verses 11 through 19, and talking, uh, Doug, kind of about your second point in this entire passage, your second teaching point, that God reveals a Messiah whose word controls his revelation. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we left off there before the break, talking about the fact that from the passage we read here, from what we read in Matthew uh, 11, 27, and then Romans 10, that, that it's Jesus who chooses to whom uh, the Father is made known by him, mm-hmm. by Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, you got to remember that during this time, Jesus was under a lot of pressure uh, from the sick. They were crowded. There were thousands of people where he was. Sure. And then there was demonically possessed people. Um, and, you know, I, I use this illustration at SWAT the other day about the Black Friday sales, how people kind of go crazy and trample over people and stuff. Imagine for a second you had a village full of people. You didn't have modern medicine. Mm. You didn't have. Right. You had illnesses. You had people with deformities. He had healed a paralytic. He had healed a leper. Uh, he had cast out demons. So imagine all the people with these different ailments or spiritual conditions or even just people looking for help, people that were discouraged, people, this could be the guy, the Mm. Messiah, Mm -hmm. coming to him. And when they fell down, these evil spirits, um, you know, these people... I mean, I, I I don't know if you've ever, I've been in the presence of one person at one time in Russia who we thought was possessed. There was no confirmation 
but there was convulsions and weird stuff going on and um it's pretty disturbing Mm -hmm. so can you imagine a whole crowd of people or this happening uh one of the things you know we were talking about the chosen early in the broadcast and we've talked about this before one of the things that i like about the program uh is that they i think they do do a good job kind of bringing to life some of these passages in scripture that that we've read and become so familiar with. And I think about in, in the last season, in season three, the episode where Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus's daughter mm-hmm. and the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, I think I've got that number of years right, just wants to touch the hem of his garment and he feels the power go out. And then that scene, mm-hmm. I thought they did a really good job of showing what it might have been like with the crowd pressing around him, to mm-hmm. your point. Yeah. The, the crowd is just pressing in on him. The disciples are trying to hold them back a little bit. And it's, it is pure desperation to your point about people wanting to be healed, have, have people they know have demons cast out. And I thought that again, that that is not that we need that to confirm scripture. That's not confirming scripture is scripture, but it, it helps us. I think who weren't there mm-hmm. and who weren't there, in that culture and in those kind of towns to, to maybe have a mental picture of what it was really like with the crowds pressing in on him. Yeah. And as they pressed in, as we shared, the demons cried out. Now, one of the things that um, they've discovered over the years is that there was an ancient belief that the knowledge of the precise name of a person gave you mastery over them. So Mm -hmm. by stating his name, they were trying to take control over him. And that's why he told them to be quiet Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Because they knew he was the son of God. Sure. And they said that. And And, so, and I know that they, Jesus at the time was telling them, ordering them not to make it known, but the fact that it's in scripture for us, and for the anybody who read this following Jesus mm-hmm. life it to me it's just always been another great evidence mm-hmm. of who Jesus that he is who he says he is yeah right i always have felt this you know talking about his designation self designation of the son of man and you know i'm i'm always thinking about where can i go in scripture if somebody says well i don't believe jesus was the son of god or where does it say he was the son of god and of course there are so many things that come to mind, just his reference to himself as the son of man to when he told the Pharisees, I and the father are one before Abraham was, I am, you know, he said to Pilate, Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? And he said, it's as you say, and there's countless places. But I always think about these passages too, that the demons who, who have seen him in the spiritual realm, right? We know that Satan from Job and other places has access to God. God has to allow that, right? But Satan yeah. sees God. Yeah. So we got to believe too that these demons were demons with Satan who fell from heaven, mm-hmm. right? So they know, they know who he is. They've they've experienced him in some way prior to this, mm-hmm. and so they they to your point earlier, they can't lie about this. They can't lie in his presence. So. Even though Jesus told them to be quiet and we don't take their word for it, like you said, he didn't want their press. Mm-hmm. But it's another evidence after the fact that he absolutely is who he says he was or is. Yeah, he he was deity. And um, 
you know, this was not the first time the demons called him the son of God. They said it before. Um, but again, I go back to this, that the demons said he was son of God. God the Father said he was son of God. He said he was deity. He, he I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And Mark starts off his gospel yeah. with that. But still, the people, nobody in the crowd saying it yet. Mm-hmm. No, none of his disciples, even though they've seen all this, are saying it yet. In fact, we're going to see in the next chapter when they're out on the boat and he calms the storm. They go, who is this that even the winds and the sea mm-hmm. obeyed? Right. Because they're starting to realize that, okay, this is not an ordinary person here. Yeah. You know, but up to this point, he's doing miracles, but they still don't see him as the son of God. Mm -hmm. Yet, at least they're not revealing it. And so um, one of the things that we're going to get into tomorrow is how will people know if God's not letting the demon speak? Because he chooses men. Mm. He will choose 12 men representing the 12 tribes of Israel, and they will be the ones who will be his messengers. And they will lead other people who will lead other people and on down. And you and I are sitting behind a microphone right now talking about Jesus as the Son of God because of the faithful ministry of these 12 Mm. men. It's really amazing yeah. when you stop and think about it. Yep. That's quite a mission, isn't it? That the say, world... I'm going to give you 12 guys from from fishing villages and different... You yeah. know, one guy's a, a, a tax-collecting cheat, and um, I'm going to give you a guy who's a zealot who's trying to kill people. I'm going to give you these men that... You know, we don't even know anything about Thaddeus, really, or, right. or, 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 or uh or James, the son of Alphaeus. We don't know that much about them at all, except they were part of the 12 who faithfully preached. Yeah. And we could add Paul to that list, right? Because we, we talk about Paul, and we talked about this when, when you taught on Acts. God took someone who was murdering or, or complicit in the murder of believers yeah. and turned him around. And so in addition to the 12 who were kind of nobodies, right? Although Paul was a Pharisee, but God took people and a small number and created the greatest movement, if you will, in the history of the world through these people that on their own had no ability to do that. And I, and obviously he did, well, it's obvious to us now on this side of things that he did it to show that it's all him. He did. And you know, it's interesting, even Paul, you know, we don't know, we know Jesus intervened directly on the road to Damascus. But we also know that Paul was there when Stephen was killed. Right. So he heard that speech. He heard heard that gospel proclamation. Right. And who influenced Stephen? You know, more than likely it was the 12. Sure. Some of the 12 that influenced him. So, again, these 12 guys that we're going to look at tomorrow as we see his this Messiah's will, he willfully chooses these 12 like you said, to let his power be shown through them. And it really is amazing. It's a very encouraging reminder to me, and I know to you and hopefully to our listeners, that God's not looking for the smartest and the best. 
to make you feel better day absolutely <laughs> and uh, that's a good thing you know uh, and he wants to use us to show the world that your eternal relationship with the creator doesn't rest on a philosophy or an ideal but the direct intervention of jesus mm. christ the son of god through his followers still today mm. Isn't that great? Absolutely. Yep. Still his followers today. So if you're out there and 